Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Kiracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares American International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to like or follow this podcast on your favorite streaming platform. That way you won't miss the stories of any of my amazing guests. I'm so glad that you tuned in to hear more of Mary Nelson's God story. As you probably know, Mary is my wonderful mom. Not only that, she is the one who introduced me to Jesus and prayed me through various rough patches in my life. I am so thankful for my praying mom. 1 Peter 3, 12a says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. My mom, Mary Nelson, is a woman of great prayer. After faithfully serving as a military wife and mother for almost 30 years, my dad retired, and God invited them into a season of ministry, allowing them to see some of the fruit they sowed into. Welcome back, Mom. Thank you, Jody. It's a real blessing to be able to share what God has been doing. In our last episode, you shared a bit about growing up in your relationship with the Lord and in the understanding of the authority believers have in Christ. And after dad retired from the Air Force, you, he, and your youngest son, David, moved back to Florida. What prompted that? Well, we still owned our home in Tampa, which at that time had been handled by a real estate company. We had been notified that the renter was going to be moving out about the time that dad retired. So we moved back to Tampa into the same home that we had lived in before. And dad had had those three previous assignments in Tampa. So we were actually going back to a home that we owned and also to a large Christian family that we had been a part of in previous years. So you didn't really know what was next, but God had something in mind, getting you involved in a new, a brand new ministry. About six months after dad retired and we were living in you know Tampa, we found out that our friend Harold Kent and two other men had established a new Christian mission organization called GALCOM. So the GALCOM International USA became the U.S. partner of this ministry. Harold had approached Dad to ask him if he would consider praying about heading up this ministry. So we prayed about it and felt like, yes, that was the assignment that God had for us next. So he became the administrator of GALCOM USA in Tampa, and I became the assistant administrator. So GALCOM is a ministry that produces solar-powered fixed-tuned radios that are tuned only to Christian radio stations to be distributed to tribal people living in areas of that station. And actually, in recent years, the GALCOM radio now includes the option to uh, listen to the audio scripture, which is recorded on a microchip that's embedded into those radios so people can listen to a radio program or they could listen to the audio Bible in their own language. So that is amazing. And just the opportunity to be involved in mission work after so many years of serving very faithfully in the military. And of course, you shared Christ wherever you went in the military, but now you were full-time focused on the work of the Lord. Yes. And actually one of the neat things that happened, um, we had returned to join the same church fellowship we had previously been in when living in Tampa. And at that time, David, at this time, David was in his early teens and participated in the church youth group. So 
dad and I uh, volunteered to help the youth pastor and his wife with the youth group. And one particular year, I accompanied the youth group on a mission trip when they joined Teen Mania in one of the South American countries. And my husband or dad had actually given me some solar-powered radios fixed tuned to a Christian radio station in the country that we were going to. And he encouraged me to just distribute the radios at will. So I happened to meet a Christian missionary that was living in the country and gave him all of the radios that dad had given me. And this particular missionary owned an airplane and flew. And he had the vision for airdropping these radios into inaccessible areas. So he developed a small parachute attached to a little box that he put these radios in and he would fly just directly over a home in these unaccessible areas and airdrop it right into the yard of the home that he was wanting this radio to get to. So I had also given this missionary dad's contact information so that he could contact Galcom at any time if he wanted to have more radios to distribute, which he did do. So that was a very exciting time. Yeah, so that what a unique way of getting the gospel out, airdropping fixed tune radios that have a gospel station to people in their own language, so they could hear it in their own language, to people in areas that you you wouldn't be able to reach, you know, most people wouldn't be able to reach otherwise, either because it was just there were no roads or because there might have been some guerrilla activity in the area that you you couldn't get to. And God really used that. I mean, that missionary years later has shared with you some of the stories of people who received those radios. That's right, Jody. He had actual Christian people that ran up into that used to run up into the uh, mountainous areas to, you know, share the Lord with the people and take aid to them. And that's how he found out that people were actually turning to the Lord listening to the radio. But one thing he did when he airdropped the radios, he inserted a little cartoon piece of paper that he had designed uh, to show them how to turn the radio on. They were non-literate people and needed a little bit of help to know what to do with this thing that landed in their front yard. That is a really interesting thing that God allowed you to be a part of. What an exciting kind of kickoff to a life of other ministry opportunities that he gave you. Of course, David was still in school and you had a lot of time to do other things. And God started using you in the Tampa area as well. For one, you helped start a women's Bible study program like you'd been involved in for years. Tell us a little bit about that and and what you saw God do in that ministry. Actually, about 10 years previous to our moving back to Tampa, I knew that my friend Joanne Kent was a gifted Bible teacher, and I encouraged her to pray about starting an explorer's Bible study that was very similar to the one that I had been in when we lived in Ogden, Utah. So after prayer and godly counsel, she got together with a group of interested women and started this explorer's Bible study in the North Tampa area. So when I returned to Tampa, after dad retired, I rejoined this group of studying the word in Explorer's Bible study. And then um, I became a small group leader as well. Well, Joanne, uh, in years following that, developed her own Bible study called Life Builders Bible Study, which has continued to bless women for 20 plus years in the Bay Area. She has since retired 
and we've moved away, but I think that study just still continues. Yeah. So that Life Builders Bible study has has touched touched thousands of women and the children as well. You used to work with the children during those studies, sharing the gospel with them and seeing women and their children transformed. Yes, it was a blessing. Another thing that group of women did that was associated with Bible study they started a a prayer program for the National Day of Prayer in Tampa. And uh, when we came back to Tampa, we participated in those prayer meetings. And it gave me a vision to see the need of prayer for not only families, churches, but also the city and our country to grow in the Lord, to come back to the Lord and grow in the Lord. Yeah, so you were involved in several prayer teams uh, for some large gatherings in the area uh, share. I mean, what is it like to be on a prayer team? What's required and, and what did you see happen? Well, actually for the national day of prayer, uh, we joined a intercessory prayer committee and we were given prayer points to, you know, to pray uh, for the national day of prayer. So we prayed for the national day of prayer leading up to the meetings and actually prayed during the meetings. And these gatherings uh, continued to grow. And eventually we were holding those meetings in Yankee Stadium in Tampa, which was quite a large venue for a, a prayer gathering for the believers in the city of Tampa. Another thing that happened is that as interest grew among the Christians in the national day of prayer, there was a group of women that felt like we should be reading the Bible for the week prior to the National Day of Prayer. Actually, it was a group of believers, not just women. So they got a permit from the city of Tampa to set up a podium on the city courthouse steps to read the Bible for 24 hours, day and night, for the week that led up to and culminated on the Day of National Day of Prayer. Wow, that is so powerful. I mean, having the word of God proclaimed from the steps of City Hall over the city, I mean, the Lord says his word will accomplish what it set out to do. So when you're proclaiming and reading the Bible over a city, it can't help but have some spiritual impact in the city. Yes, this Bible reading marathon uh, was 24-7 where people could sign up to um, for a slot of time to come and read the Bible. So we did that. We took groups from our Bible study down there and sat and prayed while the others read. The Bible was read from Genesis to Revelation during that time. Wow. So depending on what time slot you had, you would be in various different parts of the Bible. It could be Psalms or it could be Revelation or stumbling over some of the words in yeah. the Bible. Yes. <laughs> some of the names. Yeah. And you got involved with uh, Ann Graham Lotz when she came to do a crusade in the Tampa area. You were involved in a, a prayer team for that as well. I did, Jody. I volunteered to participate on a prayer team that supported the Ann Graham Lotz ministry when she was invited into the city to lead uh, her ministry called Just Give Me Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then many years later, she came back with a passionate pursuit. So one of the things that we did on the prayer team, we... Um, divided the city up into zip codes and we prayed for the people and the churches, the congregations, the pastors that lived in our own zip code. So that was the way we had blanketed the whole Tampa Bay area with prayer prior to just give me Jesus or the passionate pursuit. And then we had prayer all the time during 
the meetings, praying for her and for the people participating. You know, I'm just thinking as you're saying all of that, that Lord gave you real strategy. It's almost like, you know, back in, uh, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites went to war, God gave them a strategy for every battle. And the different prayer teams you've been on, you had different assignments for each one. And God had given different strategies for each one because he wanted his specific will accomplished in each gathering. It's interesting that you don't do anything the same. God has a unique way to work out plans for each situation. Even in prayer, it's not the same every time. The Lord has specific prayer assignments. And ways to accomplish that. Yeah. So God did not only have you involved in Tampa, but you also had the opportunity to join his work in other parts of the world. For for a time, you and dad regularly went to Israel for ministry meetings for Galcom. Um, and what did God show you during your times there? I mean, Israel, of course, is a land with so much rich biblical history and, you know, people who go there have great encounters with the Lord. You can't help but have revelation from the Lord while you're there. What? Just share some of your experiences about Israel. Well, actually, Jody, before I share that, could I just get back to you about one, another prayer initiative yeah, we had in Tampa? Absolutely. Just prior to the National Republican Convention that was held in Tampa, there was a woman that was a prominent prayer group leader in the city. And she invited all of the different prayer groups to gather together one day to um, unite us in purpose and focus, praying for that National Republican Convention. So all these groups, all of our groups prayed prior to the convention coming into Tampa and during it. But anyway, one of the results of our prayer was a very unusual way that God intervened. We were concerned that would, there might be activist groups trying to come into the city to cause trouble, which has happened in other cities during this. Uh, during both conventions. Both conventions, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. One of the, the unique things that happened is that a hurricane was developing between Cuba and South Florida, and it was moving up our way, which deterred air traffic and highway traffic coming into the Tampa Bay area. People were leaving instead of coming. <laughs> right. So there wasn't a way for people really to come in to the area in large groups to be, you know, cause problems. So that hurricane diverted just before the people for the convention came into Tampa and went out into the Gulf of Mexico, which provided no rain, but a cloud cover that helped the 5,000 plus police that were dressed in riot gear there to just keep peace in the city it just protected them from the heat. Yeah. And not only that, there was a, a gentle breeze that continued to blow into the Bay Area that was also great, a great aid for these police that were dressed from head to toe in in, in the summertime. Yeah. It was quite amazing. It was a quite an amazing result. And do you know, Jody, there were actually no negative incidents that happened at all during that convention time. God made sure that it was covered with peace. Yeah. When things are covered in prayer, God moves. There's been prayer in other cities uh, that I have been privy to uh, before national conventions. And similar things have happened that have just kept peace when there had been expectation for a lot of chaos in the cities. So That's, that's true, Jody. It's really important that we as believers 
pray for what's going on in our city, our cities, as well as our nation, uh, because God answers those prayers. That's true. And actually something else dad and I did for years living in Tampa, we would walk our neighborhood for exercise. We also prayed for our neighbors as we were walking around our neighborhood, which was quite a large neighborhood. Anyway, one day I was out for my exercise walk by myself and happened to met a woman coming down the street that had moved into the neighborhood. And um, as we were visiting, she invited me to her home to a woman's Bible study that she wanted to start using a Bethmore Bible study. I told her I'd love to come. The day that I went to the first meeting, there were probably 25 women there from our neighborhood. And Jody, most of those women were women who lived in homes that we had been praying for for years prior to Pat and Frank ever moving into our neighborhood. We didn't have time to start anything because we were involved in missions and traveled a lot. But here came a woman with a vision for Bible study to just help disciple these women in our neighborhood. It was wonderful. Yeah, you know, when we partner with God, he doesn't put the whole burden on us. He invites other believers to partner with him as well to accomplish what he wants to do in people's lives. So you're part of prayer. You sowed in prayer and you got to see some of the reaping. It was neat. Through that, you know, that somebody else was hosting a Bible study. That was wonderful. Anyway, getting back to Israel. We went to Israel yearly for probably 15 years um, so that we could attend board meetings for Galcom that were held in Tiberias. And we invited people to come along and developed groups of 15 to 20, maybe, people Mm -hmm. to uh, come along on those tour groups. So while Dad was in the board meetings uh, in Tiberias, Joanne and I would lead these women around, well, couples around the Nazareth and Capernaum area, Mm -hmm. sightseeing. And then when they were finished with their board meetings, we continued to tour the rest of the country. And we developed such a love for the country of Israel, traveling the areas that Jesus had walked and taught and ministered in, brought the Bible alive to us after visiting these actual locations. It was wonderful. So we not only came to love the word of God in a new way, but we loved the land and really appreciated the people living in the land. And, you know, like you said, I've been able to go to Israel twice. Once I went with you on one of those trips, and then uh, I was able to go a couple years ago with another group of ladies. And it does really bring scripture to life. I mean, as you're reading the Bible in the places that these events occurred, you have a new understanding of the power and the majesty of God. That's true, Jody. And actually, one of the most impactful things that uh, happened to Dad and I, one day when we were in Israel on tour, we took a day off and went to Yad Vashem, which is a museum and memorial to the people that were died in the Holocaust mm. during World War II. Mm. So we got headphones in English and went through the whole museum and spent the whole day there. But it was very important for us to see this because many years previous to that, we had visited Dachau concentration camp in Germany, not knowing that there had been a Holocaust. So it was very interesting to see having a greater view and better understanding of how encompassing that Holocaust was and how many people it affected. And the righteous Christians 
in various countries who did help people like Corey Ten Boom and others. So, you know, having a full understanding of, you know, when evil floods in, the Lord asks us to rise up a standard of righteousness in the midst of it so he can work. And he did. And I mean, it's, it was obviously the Holocaust and World War II were tragic, 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 but God did rescue and save in the midst of it. He did. Well, in the 1990s, there was a unified missions effort in the U.S. to share the gospel with the most unreached parts of the world. Most of these countries fall within 10 degrees south, 40 degrees north of the equator, which became known as the 1040 window. Maybe you've heard of it, those who are listening. Um, The leaders of this effort understood that prayer was the first step in reaching people in the 1040 window with the gospel. So several years of organized prayer were launched. In one year, the organizers mobilized teams to travel to the 100 most influential cities in that region called Praying Through the Gateway Cities uh, to pray. They wanted people to pray on site with insight. And the Lord called you, Mom, uh, to be involved. How did that come about and what has happened? You've been able to see some amazing results of that prayer trip. Share some of that. Because we were involved in Christian missions worldwide with GALCOM, we sensed that we should participate in this prayer effort. So we prayed about it and felt, yes, this is something we should do. So Dad contacted the Pray Through the Window organization office and told them that we'd be available to pray wherever they needed prayer. And they didn't have anyone going to Mongolia at that time. So we said, yes, we would go to Mongolia and pray. We contacted you to see if you'd like to come along. And you and a friend of yours, Angela Daw, agreed to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. Then we invited a couple of women that were intercessors in Tampa, Diane Taylor and uh, Joanne White. Then uh, Harold Kent, Dad, and I joined as well. So there were seven of us that had volunteered to go to Mongolia to, to pray. So prior to going, we met in Tampa. The small group in Tampa met weekly to have dinner together and pray over our trip and ask the Lord to show us how we should be praying while we were in Mongolia. And one of the things we felt like we should do is uh, write out the scriptures and put them on three by five cards and laminate the cards. So we did. We, we put one scripture reference on each card and gave a packet of these prayer guides to each fam- or each member on our team so that we could pray the scriptures that would bless the country and the people living in the country that we were going to. So we did this. And then I also felt like we needed prayer support while we were in country. So I contacted intercessors I knew in the Tampa area and asked them, as well as family members, if they would please pray for us, be our prayer support while we were in Mongolia and for several weeks following our return from Mongolia. And the Lord gave me some specific prayer points to uh, encourage them to pray while we were there. So we had a wonderful prayer support team while we were going. So one of the results of this uh, prayer journey, the man that owned the travel agencies that we had contacted in Mongolia was a new, relatively new Mongolian believer. 
And one day, um, Dad and Harold Kent were visiting with him about his vision for the future. And he said his vision was to have a Christian radio station in Mongolia, not realizing that that's exactly what we were involved in doing. Dad and Harold contacted Among Foundation in South Dakota that was actually sending aid into the country and asked them if we could send a radio transmitter along with one of their uh, shipments to our contact in Mongolia. We sent a, a radio transmitter to Batchagal, mm-hmm. and he was able to get permits to have a Christian radio station in Ulaanbaatar. And uh, his radio station is called Wind FM. And now Wind FM radio stations with repeaters covers, I think there are 16, 16 repeater stations that cover the country of Mongolia with Christian radio. That's amazing. And before, there had been no Christian radio in Mongolia at all. And this is by a Mongolian Christian in the Mongolian language reaching people. And he has seen many, many people come to know Christ. Yes, Jody. Actually, I had read an article recently that um, Franklin Graham had been visited to uh, Mongolia to have a crusade or a Christian meeting Mm -hmm. invited by the different Christians in the different churches in Ulaanbaatar. So he did go and many people came to the Lord during his time in Ulaanbaatar. When we went back in the early 90s, um, there were really very few Christians. There were a few. There were a few. We actually met a missionary family that had been there for many years. And and they shared that, you know, there were some Christians, but it was very sparse. In fact, one of the people we were with took us out into the steeps of Mongolia to uh, meet with one woman. She was, I, she was an elderly woman. She was in her nineties, Jody. She was in her nineties. She was living in a yurt yes, uh, out on the steeps of Mongolia out. I mean, there was nobody else around, but her little family and she had become a Christian and she wanted to fellowship with other believers. So we went to her little yurt. We drank camel's milk with her and just shared about the Lord with her. And it was, you know, I think probably the first other believers she had met other than the one who had led her to the Lord. That's true, Jody. And actually we visited her on the way to a little community that was probably 20 miles from where she lived, where there was another group of new believers that were having a prayer meeting. And we went to join that prayer meeting. And they were amazed to find out that there were Christians from another country that knew the Lord. Yeah. And that had known him longer than they had. And they were probably three months, nine months, one year old in the Lord. That was wonderful to be part of that. Yeah, I, I do remember that. They were so excited to know that God was moving in other parts of the earth because they hadn't had contact with many people who weren't Mongolian uh, at that point. That's true, Jody. And actually, one other thing that happened, we always wondered how our prayers were going to be answered. And if they were going to be answered, we just, we kind of wondered. After we came back to Tampa, of course, maybe two years later, we were invited to a a concert given by a Mongolian Christian who had come to the United States. He was actually a relatively new Christian. He was a young man that had been actually going to college in Ulaanbaatar the year that we were there praying for that city. And actually we prayed around that campus. 
blessing the students. And he was a student there at that time, but was not a believer then. When we met him, he had become a believer and was, and actually is a very wonderful worship leader right now Yeah, in the Bay Area. So we didn't obviously lead him to the Lord directly, but our prayers laid a foundation for God to be able to work in a greater way in that nation. Uh, and God has taken you to another country in Asia as well to reach an unreached people group there uh, w- with a kind of a strategic plan um, that you were involved with for years. How did you get involved with that? And what did you see God do? Gary and Harold had gone to a meeting regarding unreached people groups and reaching them with the gospel. And we felt like we should adopt an unreached people group, which they did do. And we wondered and prayed about how to get to know these people and felt like we needed to go visit them and get to know them and see what their needs were. Dad got a team of people together to fly to this country and to contact the people group that we were going to reach and minister to. Actually, it grew to be a very wonderful meeting of these with these people and developed wonderful contacts so that we could go back yearly and host a teaching conference where there was worship, where there was opportunities to pray for the people, not only for their needs, but for healing. It was a, a great opportunity for many years to develop this relationship and develop believers or help develop believers so that they could evangelize their own people. And it was amazing because when on that first trip, when you went to just first see how it would be possible to connect with this people group, the Lord provided some believers in that nation who had a heart for that people group. And you were able to partner with them so that not only was their ministry going on, through your immediate trips, but there was also the opportunity to provide radio through Galcom and uh, some other ways to, to reach this group of people who, you know, they were, they were kind of apart from the general population of the country and God started moving. I mean, after you, you worked in that, in that country for many years and God did start a movement among that people group where a lot of them came to know the Lord. That's true, Jody. Actually, we were also able to have a believer of that particular people group read the Bible in um, a language that he knew that was in that country and then translate it into his own language. So he recorded the Bible for us so that we could get it put onto an audio chip to provide the believers there with audio players that uh, mega voice audio players so that the people could listen yeah. to their to the Bible in their own mother tongue. That was a people group that was largely non-literate, yeah. So they had an oral tradition right. of storytelling and of, of passing down their beliefs. So having the Bible in their language was very powerful. Each year that we went to this particular country, um, we felt like we needed prayer support while we were there. So I would, again, contact um, intercessors in the area that I knew of and invited them to support us in prayer while we were gone. And then I provided them with specific prayer points that we asked them to consider praying about, as well as just being led by the Lord in their prayers for us. So yeah, It was important to have that 
prayer coverage when we went. Absolutely. You know, friends, there are widows and orphans all over the world who need to experience the tangible expression of God's love. Many have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Would you join us with a special gift to help? Just go to hergodstory.org and click on the widow and orphan tab at the top of the page. Well, Mom, several years ago, you and Dad felt it was time to leave Florida and move closer to family. David had grown up, joined the military, and moved away, and the rest of us were scattered around the country. So the Lord led you to Virginia. It's a very different season of life. It's much slower and, again, very family-focused. And yet your desire to see God move in our nation has only grown more intense. How has the Lord been directing your prayers lately? Well, Jody, we um, had always participated in prayer points that Intercessors for America uh, published. So we continued praying according to these prayer points, as well as other prayers for the prayer points that Intercessors for America would publish. And then in recent years, uh, Dutch Sheets has a 15-minute program on YouTube to pray for the nation called Give Him 15. So we listen to that and then pray over the prayer points that he shares and pray with him during that morning time. So uh, we continue to pray for our nation, pray for our city, and pray for our, of course, family and grandchildren, uh, as well as our children and spouses. So we continue to pray for just a move of God. And we're just so grateful to the Lord for the fresh vegetation of God that has started on the campus of Asbury. Yeah, and it seems to be going to other colleges as well. And you're also see, beginning to see some signs of an awakening uh, in, in the Virginia area that you live, in the Charlottesville area, as pastors are beginning to come together and some early signs that God's doing something here as well. Yes, Jody, there, there actually is a really a sweet group of people, large group of Christians in the Charlottesville area. And actually, there is now a men's evening Bible study called Community Bible Study that dad goes to. And I go to a women's Bible study here, um, Community Bible Study as well. So we are meeting people that way that love the Lord and pray for our nation. There are other people here in the city that are um, praying for the nation and actually praying for people in the Virginia area. Yeah. So when you moved to a new place, you know, you were initially just saying, wow, you know, we kind of live in a rural area. How are we going to connect? But your heart was to connect with other believers and the Lord started providing introductions. <laughs> That's right. They're very unique and inter- uh, unexpected ways that we've met people. One day as we were driving on the highway, I saw a sign for a, a tent meeting with a telephone number. So we took down the telephone number and, and called the number to see who it was. And it was a pastor who had joined together with other pastors to have uh, tent meetings to share the gospel outdoors under the lights and under the stars in an, in an open air tent. So they have started doing this a couple times this summer, yeah, which uh, is thrilling to see and be a part of what they're doing. So mom, in my eyes, of course, I'm biased, but in my eyes, you really exemplify a godly and righteous woman because you have always pursued knowing God and following his leading. What do you see as essential in keeping your walk with the Lord vibrant? I 
continue with my daily devotions, which include reading the Bible uh, daily, and I pray as well. And every morning, Dad and I just sit and visit together with a cup of coffee in our Bibles, and we talk about what God has been showing us, and we pray for our family together. Um, that's really a, a sweet time of fellowship together. And we're also, we're part of um, a church here in Earliesville where we live, and we're also associate home group leaders. So it's important for us to have close fellowship. And we love that kind of fellowship with our church and home group. And then I go, as I mentioned that I go to, you know, community Bible study and dad and I are still involved with Galcom USA. He is the CEO of the uh, ministry now, and I'm on the advisory board assistant advisor to the board. I also pray weekly with women that I had prayed for for years that were part of the Just Give Me Jesus um, intercessory prayer team. And we pray together for one another's families. We pray for churches. We pray for the pastors. We pray for Christian leaders in the nation. We pray for revival. I mean, we've done this for many, many years. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, as, as awful as COVID was for many, many people, um, it really opened up a whole world of connecting digitally across the nation. So these women you started praying with back in Tampa years right, ago, right. but you, now that you live in Virginia, you're still able to pray with them. It's like, you're still there. And not only that during talking about technology during the COVID area, sometimes our home group was not able to meet together as a group. So we would meet together on zoom, yeah. which turned out to be a great way to connect. I, I want to just share one note funny little incident that happened. A couple of years ago, we needed to put a new net on a raspberry blueberry enclosure that we have here next to our house. Dad purchased a industrial strength netting that we cut to put over this enclosure. It was about a 50 foot by 30 foot piece of netting that we laid out on the yard, measured it and cut it. And then fitted over that enclosure and secured it. We were doing this to keep the birds out. They were eating all your berries. <laughs> they were eating our berries, yes. So one morning after the berries were starting to form on the bushes, I happened to look out the window when I was making a bed in the bedroom overlooking this blueberry patch and saw birds in the patch eating our blueberries and raspberries. This is a new enclosure, but they had chewed a hole in it and got in or just didn't eating to their heart's content. I thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We just, we'd repair it and try again. It the, yeah, try again. So anyway, a couple of days later, I was reading during my daily devotions and I was in Proverbs. I just started the book of Proverbs and I got to verse 17 and just had to laugh. The scripture reads, surely in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that funny? The Lord let me know that they were sitting up in a tree watching us as we diligently cut and re <laughs> reframed that enclosure, waiting for us to finish so that they could get back into it. Yeah, the Lord's word is true yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> but I thought of that song about God's eye is on the sparrow, and it, but his eye is watching us. Yeah. It just made me think of how wonderful the Lord let me know through that berry patch that he had his eye on us. He knew exactly where we were and what we were doing. Yeah. It was encouraging to me because it was kind of during that COVID time this was happening and we were felt inert you know, in yeah. a way, not able to do a whole lot of things. Yeah. 
You know, travel was eliminated. Well, not eliminated, but it was hard. Hard, right. Well, before we close, I'll ask you to share about another woman. In the last episode, you shared about the wife of Manoah. But share about another woman in the Bible who's inspired, encouraged, or taught you something. Actually, there are two women. They're the mother and grandmother of Timothy. When I was reading about them through the years, that scripture resonated to me. Second uh, Timothy 1.15, Paul was writing, and he said, I call to remember the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded it's in you too, Timothy. And then in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 16, it says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you learned them and from childhood, when you learned to know the scriptures, which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. It says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And my desire through the years was to pray for your children and our grandchildren and to pray that you would each develop your own personal, close relationship with the Lord. So I used to pray these scriptures, um, that you would indeed find those scriptures from God to be profitable for you, for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. And God is faithful. He is faithful. So those were my favorite ladies, Lois and Eunice. Yeah. Well, they really had an influence, had an impact yeah, on Timothy and Paul too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, Psalm 92 verses 12 through 15 is an encouraging passage about walking uprightly with God. The NIV version reads, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Mary has seen God's faithfulness to her throughout her life. Even now in her eighth decade, she's still flourishing and bearing fruit for the Lord. When we submit our will to him and we keep our eyes on him, when we walk in his ways and follow his lead, life stays full and rich and fresh. Dear friends, I hope you've been encouraged by Mary's story. God invites each of us on a wonderful journey with him to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. No matter what decade of life you are in, just make yourself available to him and see what he will do. Mom, would you pray for everyone listening to this? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for each person listening to this. And I ask you, Lord God, to comfort and encourage each one of them. Lord, I pray that they would come to know that when we roll our cares upon you, you care for each one of us. Lord, I pray for those mothers that are listening to this. I pray, Lord, that their children too would be taught by the Lord and that great would be their peace, according to Isaiah 54, 13. Lord, I just uh, pray that uh, they would be able to entrust their children to you, to mm-hmm. the Lord, because you are a good and gracious Father. Lord, I thank you that your eyes are upon us and that your ears are open to their prayers. I pray now your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, thank you for tuning in. Our show notes at hergodstory.org have scriptures and other information we talked about. And you can sign up for emails and get a six-week devotional on women of the Bible to download for free. Or you may want to purchase a 12-week devotional on women of the Bible for just $12, knowing that all proceeds go to our widow and orphan fund. We'd love to pray for you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. You can give us a call or text anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you with an adaptation of Colossians 1, 9 and following. May God give you complete knowledge of his will. May he give you spiritual wisdom and understanding so you will always honor and please the Lord. May you produce every kind of good fruit all the while growing to know God better and better. May you be strengthened with his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.